0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Women, a podcast where we talk about women's mental health across the reproductive lifespan. My name is Franziska Weinmar and I'm a doctoral candidate of the International Research Training Group 2804. And with this podcast, we want to share insights from interdisciplinary research on women's mental health. Today we will talk about oral contraceptives, also called the pill, and I have here with me Dr. Anne-Christine Kimmick, postdoc in the International Research Training Group and expert in anything oral contraceptive-related. Although oral contraceptives have been used by women for now over 60 years, there is recently a heated public debate and the topic is getting more and more attention. Today, there's lots of information just out there, which is discussed or shared in groups of friends. And sometimes this information can be contradictory or even quite confusing for some of us. And that's why we thought it would be great to shed some light on this topic from a scientific perspective. So let's dive into this together. And first of all, um, my question would be, can you tell us a little bit about the importance of oral contraceptives for women in the past and today? Sure. But first, let me thank you for inviting me to this
1: podcast. So I'm very happy to share some of my knowledge I gained over the past years with you today. So when talking about oral contraceptives and uh, especially the history of them, I always find it very important to acknowledge um, their huge contribution to advancing human emancipation especially in the 1960s but also thereafter because the contraceptive pill was actually the first reliable birth control method which enabled women to control and also postpone their fertility which um, also helped them to increase their education and level to join the workforces and enforce their rights. So this was really a big step um, for human emancipation and Therefore, oral contraceptives can be regarded as a catalyst for human emancipation. And still today, this holds true. So women are able to profit from this effectiveness of the of oral contraceptives to um, prevent the unplanned pregnancies. So it's not surprising that 150 million women worldwide still take oral contraceptives today. And it's still one of the most prominent methods um, used. Um, beyond birth control, All contraceptives have also been increasingly used to treat undesirable symptoms of hormone imbalances. So it's not only a contraceptive method, but it's actually also taken as a medication. And um, these undesirable symptoms can entail menstrual pain, premenstrual symptoms, um, but also problems with skin or hair. Um, so they also have very um, positive side effects many women can profit from. However, over the past decade, there has also been an increasing concern about physical but also mental health problems related to oral contraceptives. That's why um, there is rather a backward trend in prescriptions of oral contraceptives in many Western countries
0: lately. Mm, I think this is like super, super interesting what you're saying also about the history, basically, of the oral contraceptives and why they've been taken um, in the beginning and wh- why they're also been taken now, um, as you also said, to treat different symptoms. But then again, um, I think it's like important for us to um, to to actually address what does the pill contain. And can you maybe briefly explain how it works in the woman's body or her menstrual cycle? Because it has these very different effects on both both the body, but also then later the mental health. Sure. So
1: first of all, I think it's important to mention that there's not just one pill. So it's not one formulation which is used. So over the past decades, there have been um, a lot of development of new All contraceptives with varying dosages, hormonal compositions, so what synthetic compounds are actually included in the pill, um, as well as dosage instructions. So whether you have those pill breaks or you don't have them, you take it through. And uh, these different developments have been made to actually counter undesirable physical Um, side effects of the pill. Here actually mental side effects have not really played a part yet so hopefully in the future this can change Um, but this is really a point I want to make that um, the pill is not just the pill it can be very Mm different pills but the most common pill preparations consist of a combination of artificially modified sex hormones which are called estrogens and progestins and uh, the addition of um, these synthetic hormones to the body lead to uh, um, a negative feedback to the brain which actually stops or reduces the production of the um natural sex hormones. So we actually continuously suppress these natural sex hormones to a very low level. So we don't have the normal fluctuations we see in the menstrual cycle, which also means that ovulation doesn't take place anymore, which is the main contraceptive effect the, the pill has on the body. But um, it's not only about suppressing the endogenous levels, but also the Separate effects of the addition of the synthetic hormones, because they also bind to the sex hormone receptors and they have Mm -hmm. their own effects, which are stronger than those of the natural sex hormones, but can also differ due to different properties, pharmacological properties. So um, the effect of the pill can be twofold here. Mm -hmm. And... um, In the reproductive system, for example, progestins especially can also lead to a thickening of the cervical mucus, which um, makes sperm penetration less likely and therefore also increases the um, contraceptive effectiveness of the -hmm. pill further. But it's important to mention that it's not restricted to the reproductive system. So the pill is rather a systemic medication. Mm -hmm. So it's affecting all organs in the body which are expressing hormone receptors and there are many and it's not only restricted to the reproductive system so it's more a holistic medication
0: rather than a very specific one. Yeah um, I think especially the last point um, that you mentioned is like something that is often forgotten that I mean, the, the reason or like the, me- the mechanism that's behind the pill is actually to affect the whole, whole body. And it's, it's therefore, of, of course, also to suppress the natural menstrual cycle and the fluctuations, which gives us this protection of, of unwanted pregnancy. Um, but then, of course, it has an effect on the whole body and especially the brain. So that's also where I want to transition now. Um, now that we've established this, this baseline of how this works in a very brief um, and quick uh, way, um, I especially want to address the claims or hearsays that taking the pill leads to mood swings or even depressed mood or sometimes even reduced libido. And at the same time, many women taking the contraceptive for a long time, they fear that stopping the pill will actually start these symptoms. So I think it's important maybe to a little bit untangle or differentiate here. What do we know about the continuous oral contraceptive use and the effects on the brain? Because you mentioned now, of course, there are different receptors um, and the the synthetic sex hormones in the contraceptives, of course, they also um, um, can attach or can... Um, yeah, respond to these receptors as well um, so how how does that look in the brain so yes so as you already said
1: we we know from the control of the menstrual cycle that the artificial modified hormones but also the natural hormones do cross the blood brain barrier and can bind to hormone receptors in the hypothalamus and pituitary gland which are responsible for this negative feedback um, loop of the production of the um, biological hormones so the natural hormones Um, but actually those um, sex hormone receptors in the brain are not only restricted to these areas responsible for um, sexual reproduction but they are actually spread throughout the entire brain and the highest densities of um, sex hormone receptors are found in areas which are um, especially involved in cognitive but also socio-affective processing, such as the limbic system, um, the prefrontal cortex, or the cerebellum. And um, first study, so I need to mention this as well, uh, we have the pill around for more than 60-70 years now, but it has actually not been very much studied yet mm-hmm. especially the effects on the brain and uh, mental health so um, we, we don't actually have a lot of knowledge even in animal mod- uh, models this has not been um, studied intensively yet so hopefully this is still to come but um, there are first neuroimaging studies in humans Uh, Which suggests that in these areas, so the limbic system, prefrontal cortex and cerebellum, there seem to be indeed all contraceptive related alterations in function and structure um, of these areas. And uh, potential mechanisms could involve that up on the binding on the hormone receptors in these um, areas. um, They um, actually... Trigger um, different signaling cascades, which can lead to short term modification of, for example, cell physiology, making mm-hmm. um, a neuron more excitable. Um, but they can also have structural um, implications, so making the neuron form different structure and different connection to other um, neurons making more long-term effects. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are different mechanisms also like an interaction with neurotransmitter systems which can be independent of these receptors is also possible. So it's it's very complex. There are many ways uh, hormones can influence the brain and even more ways probably we don't quite understand yet how they do it and whether They do it uh, differently in different brain regions and how synthetic hormones actually act different from endogenous hormones. So there's still a lot of knowledge we have to gain. But um, there is common consensus that all contraceptives and the hormones influence brain function and structure. And this could have implications for behavior and mental well-being.
0: Yeah, I think um, I mean, in, in general, like the brain and how it works is alone, very, very complex. Um, and now when we enter the world of hormones and sex hormones as well, it's getting even probably more complicated and everything works together. And as you also said, um, the the synthetic sex hormones as well as the so-called natural endogenous sex hormones all have an effect on the structure so the volume but then we also see effects on how actually regions communicate or um, how they are active and then of course I mean if that is um, something that we know so far it has an effect but now we need to um, find out and and do more research about how does it affect it and what is then also the behavioral consequence? Because, of course, if there are um, effects on a pure biological level, we still need to figure out what is then the behavioral outcome and the behavioral level. And maybe we can um, then enter this part a little bit more about Of course, the little research that there is um, so far, uh, can you tell us about um, what the effect of oral contraceptives is on rather more social, emotional functions or mood and mental health? Is there anything known so far?
1: Yes. So considering that um, function and structure of those brain areas involved in these functions seem to be altered, it would not be surprising to actually see effects on um, social affective functions uh, or also mood. Um, but what I also want to mention, which is very important, is when we talk about differences in brain function or differences in anatomy, or it's differences. It doesn't mean it's good or bad. It doesn't mean it's uh, it's of a different quality. Um, it doesn't have to mean that. We, we just simply don't know enough about this yet to make any definite conclusions. Um, However, we have first studies on also um, more behavioral parameter-like side effects. And um, here, I think the most discussed and uh, most prominent topic around oral contraceptives is how they might affect mood Mm -hmm. and also libido, probably. Mm -hmm. This is also very much discussed. And here in the public debate... um, we, we get the impression that mood is often impaired by the pill, whereas in scientific studies we actually um, find that it's rather a small group of hormone-sensitive women experiencing significant adverse side effects. So in general, there seem to be only minor effects on mood that do not lead to depressive episodes or very sincere deteriorations of mood. Um, if something happens at all. Uh, but we also have women wh- who actually profit from our contraceptives mm-hmm. mood-wise. So they actually experience an increase in positive mood, especially when compared to um, the phase in the menstrual cycle where they could suffer from mood deterioration, which is called the luteal phase. So it's just before the menstruation. Mm-hmm. Um, and these women who have these hormone imbalances causing these symptoms, they very much profit here and um, report an increase or or a more stable um, mood so this is also always important uh, to mention so it can affect different women Mm -hmm. differently and also to different degrees and it's actually quite similar for um, sexuality or libido so and since oral contraceptives have a lot to do with uh, sexual behavior and sexual reproduction. It's not surprising that research has also focused on this. And here it seems that sexual function in general is not different in oral contraceptive taking women compared to naturally cycling women. However, there are certain facets and aspects which might differ. So here, especially sexual desire seems to be reduced in women taking oral contraceptives. This could have to do with suppression of testosterone, for example, or also the um, cyclicity of the hormones. Uh, we don't know yet the underlying mechanisms, but there seems to be indication that at least sexual desire in some women is impaired. However, what we also shouldn't forget is our contraceptives enables women to enjoy their sex life without having to worry about getting pregnant so this actually also improves the um the life quality and also um the sex sexuality of women so there's yes, also yeah. studies reporting positive effects of our conscious surface. so it's uh, it's always a two-sided coin i would say mm-hmm. and affects uh, women very differently and it's just very important to be aware of this as well
0: yeah um i think there's this is- specifically like a a very important point here again um, because as you also said um, with with as with everything that there is probably out there it's it's not all or none it's always more um yeah more differentiated because here it seems to have effects negative effects so-called on some women but for some women also positive effects and especially now this this image of this two-sided coin is probably um yeah, very very nice to keep in mind that it's not um, yeah not all and on, but it depends on the woman. Um, yeah, but uh, I would be very interested also to hear about other social emotional functions. Um, have you have you have any studies about that too? Yes. So as I mentioned, um, the brain areas
1: which have dense hormone receptor sites are also involved in cognitive and social affective functions um, which are very important for social functioning and um, aspects of the interaction between humans. So for example in my research I mainly focused on emotion recognition so being able to infer emotions correctly in the faces of others mm-hmm. as well as empathy and both of them are very important for successful social functioning and forming and bonding um, with other individuals. And um, for the ability to recognize um, emotional expressions, um, previous studies have suggested that especially negative facial expressions seem to be less um, easily recognized by oral contraceptive taking women compared to naturally cycling women. However, more recent studies have revealed that maybe the effects of oral contraceptives on emotion recognition are more complex than that. Mm -hmm. Um, So they might actually depend more on individual factors such as genetic predisposition, but also pill type. So, as I said before, compositions of oral contraceptives are different. And the most, like, yeah, most or the biggest difference probably is. the androgenic or anti-androgenic mm-hmm. nature of the mm-hmm. progestin contained in the pill. And here um, it seems that maybe this also plays a role in emotion recognition. So women only taking a certain type of pill mm-hmm. um, might be affected in combination even with um, a certain genetic predisposition. So this means that, again, not all women are affected and probably not all women having this genetic predisposition and this pill are affected equally, but it's just a very complex interplay.
0: So it's basically the interaction of what you also previously said, that there is not the pill, not the one pill, but the different types of pills containing different um, synthetic sex hormones with the interaction of then the individual underlying biological, psychological factors that there is in the woman.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. and that makes it very complex and also very, very difficult to study systematically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and to really make any conclusive um, suggestions on what the pill actually does because we cannot really say the pill Mm -hmm. Um, and two different women. Um, With empathy, um, there is um, research just emerging. So um, we are there just in the beginning. So um, this is actually also very interesting because I think... In the public debate, or like women taking the pill, they don't necessarily think about how this could influence my empathy or my morality or um, other social effective functions. But in so that's why I think it's also nice to study this um, scientifically because this can also steer attention of women to processes they wouldn't have thought they mm-hmm. could be even um, affected. And here, um, first studies suggest that. Um, For empathy, the feeling with others, so the affective component of empathy, uh, might be reduced in oral contraceptive um, users, um, but the ability to actually infer the emotions of others, which is referred to cognitive um, empathy, Mm -hmm. is um, the same or is untouched um, by the pill so those are the first findings and in our recent um, neuroimaging study so this was actually the first neuroimaging study on this topic we found um, that the brain activation actually parallels these behavioral findings so we also found um, significantly reduced brain activation in regions which are commonly associated with um, empathy processes Mm -hmm. and um, even more interesting is that we found a direct link between the synthetic sex hormones measured in the blood with this activation of these brain areas or some of these at least Mm -hmm. so the higher the synthetic hormones were in the blood and the lower the activity of this empathy related brain region was so it seems that um, the the pill has an impact on how active this area might be during empathic processing, Mm -hmm. uh, which is very interesting. But yet again, it is a cross-sectional study. So we compared different women either taking the pill or not taking the pill. And it's the first study, as I said. Mm -hmm. So here we really have to wait for more studies to replicate Mm -hmm. this finding and especially for longitudinal studies. So meaning that really assessing these differences across time in the same individuals Mm -hmm starting oral contraceptives or stopping with oral contraceptives we really need those studies to get a clearer picture on causal inferences
0: yeah yeah for sure um of course like um if you have the first and one the first study that there is and the only study that there is of course this only sheds light on something um but we have to be careful about the interpretation still i think it's like um Super, super, super interesting about uh, talking about empathy, as you also said, that's something I would not think about when taking all contraceptives in the first place. And as you now said, um, here again, you have to differentiate within the empathy construct that you have the cognitive. So the purely um, putting myself into the shoes of the others and thinking what. Does he or she might feel in this situation or think about in the situation? That seems not to be affected, if I understand you correctly, or not, yes. not in the same way um, or that all contraceptive users are just performing similarly to um, naturally cycling women. But then the effective component, so really feeling what the other person is feeling or could be feeling in that situation, that seems to be affected not only on this behavioral level, so um, yeah, p- performance in some sort of task, but then also on the neural level. So we see here um, really the two levels of physiology, um, also with the correlation of the synthetic sex hormones and the behavioral level really um, aligning, as he also said, um, being parallel, And I think um, this is something, of course, that should be investigated more because it can have more implications for how we also communicate and how we... um, yeah um be just in our very social world because it it it's probably required a lot um for a successful social function um that we also un- try to understand what the other one is feeling or thinking in a way and trying to yeah just function in the social social world so definitely very very important and interesting um yeah uh, but i think now um i teaser that in the beginning already um I think one of the many questions that uh, women taking oil contraceptives for a long time also have is what happens if I stop using my pill? Um, Is there something that we know about it from research? Yes,
1: so that is a very good question. And um, I think the answer is manyfold. So it depends on what's side effects are we talking about? What functions are we talking about? So there are actually not many um, neuroimaging studies um, on what actually happens when you stop taking oral contraceptives. So most studies focus on what happens when you start taking them or when you have been taking them for a while compared to women not taking it. But um, there is really not no published neuroimaging study yet on assessing the changes after stopping oral contraceptives and not even like, is it reversible? Are we getting back to normal? Mm-hmm. But also, how long does it take? And is it different for different individuals? So um, those are many questions um, which have not been addressed yet. And also, like, I will come back to your point of the fears of stopping oral contraceptives mm-hmm. in a second. <laughs> but what I also um, want to mention with the stopping um the pill, it's not only about the transition period, so what happens when I stop it and a few months after, but most women take oral contraceptives for years. So it's a considerable time where they actually suppress those endogenous fluctuations of hormones, which could also prepare or, uh, yeah, the body for something. So it could be that... On a long term perspective, this withholding the fluctuation could have positive Mm -hmm. also, but also negative effects, Um, maybe also relating to dementia or other like health outcomes later on. We just simply don't know about because there are no studies on this yet, but it could be possible so there we really need um, more research in the future to also clarify these questions so there's still lots to do but now coming back to your actual questions about the fears of stopping the pill so yes the pill is a medication so if you stop taking it it can be expected that the side effects positive like reducing menstrual cramps um, maybe also making the skin nicer the hair nicer could reside after taking it, but also negative side effects. So for example, with depressive symptoms, as I told you before, um, when women who experience those stop taking the pill, normally those also reside. Mm -hmm. So as with any medication, side effects reside. can also be considered with oral contraceptives is this transition period. So the body needs some time to get back into sync. Mm -hmm. Um, So there might be some time where it's a little bit confused. The hormones are all over. And this can be a problematic transition Mm -hmm. um, where there might be more skin outbreaks or other um, problems. But in general, it can be expected that after three months, it should get better again. Um, And it doesn't have to happen. Also with the menstrual gram, I think it's important to mention that younger women are more prone to have menstrual pain. And as older the women get, the lower the pain will be. It's important to know that when you have taken the pill for several years and you're afraid that it could come back to what you had before it doesn't necessarily have to be that way because over the years um, over the age of a woman and it just changes how the menstrual cramps are how the body works so it could be naturally that um, after getting off the pill you don't have the same menstrual cramps you don't have these heavy periods anymore so um, this shouldn't be an argument for not stopping the pill if there are other side effects which trouble um, a woman. So it's it's really about trying to get off the pill. And I know, yes, especially those transition phases are also difficult with um, some physical side effects like thrombosis risk. So it shouldn't be an on and off hopping of the pill. Um, but if you really consider changing um, your contraceptive method, um
0: it you shouldn't be held
1: back by the, these fears
0: necessarily mhm yeah very very important um topics that you also um and points that you also um mention here um yeah as as just also said before talked about before it is um, yeah, it's probably very dependent on the individual woman, also what what side effects or what effects she experiences on or off the pill. So it's probably hard to predict what will exactly happen for this woman. Um, but also as you as you said now, you shouldn't be afraid of just trying because um, yeah, you might not experience any effects at all. Or you might experience some effects, but it's just worth trying. Probably if you consider um, changing um, or getting off the pill, so probably don't be afraid um, as such, and um, just try to, to um, try to yeah try to see what happened and try to monitor also what will happen in in this regard. Um, yeah, with with all that we've discussed now, I think we just in general need to recognize and, and state and summarize that the pill is just neither harmless nor dangerous. It is and remains, as you also often said now, a medication. So tolerance to the pill varies from person to person. And also it can change over time, as you said now, before in younger years and also later on stopping the pill then has also other effects then. And for many women, the pill just continues to be that blessing um, as it allows for this relay- reliable family planning and career planning and therefore just in all life planning. And I think that is something that we need to really appreciate um, having the oral contraceptives because a woman can really um, yeah, control this these things in a way, um, in her own way. <laughs> But considering the state of the research we've discussed now, what is your thought or your take on the pill and mental health?
1: So I agree with all what you just said, basically. So I think it is important to emphasize that there is no need to panic. So um, for most women, the pill is safe and a reliable method for birth control. And um, many women even benefit from positive side effects. Um, especially when suffering from hormonal imbalances such as premenstrual dysphoric disorder or premenstrual syndrome. Um, However, there is also research showing that um, it is important to be attentive to possible side effects when taking the pill. So there is this subgroup of hormone susceptible women who experience negative side effects. And those negative side effects can be manifold. And um, it's just possible that they happen and it would be a shame if a woman takes oral contraceptives for years and only realizes after getting off them that they had these side effects because they were just simply not told before to really pay attention to it so i think this is uh, very important but now um, specifically coming back to the state of research i think here it is also important to note that studies so far are just simply too few, too small to account for all this variability in women with their own predispositions, but also the different hormonal um, contraceptives, the formulations and uh, also environmental factors. And therefore also the results are quite inconsistent to make any very definite conclusions on how our contraceptives affect female mental health and social functioning. So there is just the need of more research on this topic. Um, And also what I, for instance, um, myself think a lot about is how could it be that in science we find different uh, patterns than what we we find in the public debate? So coming back to Mm. mood side effects. In a public debate, we have this feeling that many women actually suffer from some kind of side effects. Mm. And here I think it's also important to note and explain that scientific studies are different than real life. So they also have their limitations. So what we consider a really good, valid, uh, scientific investigation is to have a longitudinal design to Mm -hmm. study what happens when you start taking the pill in one person uh, or stop taking it but here um, we are very much restricted so most studies actually only look at the first few months because it's just very difficult to follow up um, all these participants for years Mm -hmm. so we would not actually catch um, those side effects which maybe just develop after one year so it's like a continuous monitoring of side effects which would be necessary for this so especially with with libido it often women say it's not in the beginning but just after one or two years it starts happening so this we actually don't really register in studies we have so far in those longitudinal designs and also um Women start taking oral contraceptives normally very early on, so in adolescence. And when they have severe side effects there on their mood or libido, they stop taking them naturally. Like you would stop taking them if you notice this medication is not doing what it should be. So those women are actually less likely to restart oral Mm -hmm. contraceptives. They look for different methods. And then they are also less likely to participate in scientific studies, investigating on what happens when you start oral contraceptives. So this could actually lead to an underestimation of this number and this discrepancy between the public debate and Mm -hmm. um, scientific studies as well. Um, So there are different factors which are just different in science and real life, uh, which could explain why at the moment findings are different.
0: Yeah, um, I'm... I think, um, as you also said, this probably leads on the one hand side to sort of like a bias probably about what studies or what science then investigates. As you said, that if I have experienced really bad side effects from all contraceptives, I probably won't take them again and participate in a study. Um, But on the other hand side, it's not only the typical call for more research, but really, as you explained the call for very specific research designs, um, as you said, like longitudinal designs um, following up on people for a really um, repeated time over a longer time. Because that not only helps us to understand the mechanisms um, behind it and also what actually is true of these um he says, as also introduced in the beginning, um, there's so much. here says about it, um, as you also mentioned, the mood swings, um, that it's almost a fact um, uh, today. But then we realize, and in some of the um, scientific studies, are uh, maybe it's not as it is described out there. And so science can really help us to understand this and to see what might actually be true um, or what is. Yeah, what is behind um these these sayings. But on the other hand, of course it also then again helps the woman to be better informed and to know what they're getting into sort of um when they when there is science and research about it, especially also the the mental health the mental health part, um, that then also women might um yeah, just um, reflect about what is worth um, and what what she can then choose with all contraceptives uh, when when deciding for this um, yeah, so definitely um, a call for a very specific research design in the future. Um, what would be then your uh, your big question that you would like to ask like um, as a as a researcher that has now investigated all contraceptives for the past years? What would be your big question if you could frame one um, for the future? So I think having
1: worked on side effects of oral contraceptives, for me, it's very important to make this next big step towards actually refining the knowledge we have, really understanding the workings of oral contraceptives in the brain and their effects on on mental health, social processing, and also taking into account those individual differences and predispositions. So for this, um, we really need a new approach um, to study it. We need big data. So we need a lot, a lot of data to really take into account all of these individual factors. So what we haven't been talking about it, does it make a difference when I start taking the pill, how old I am? Does it make a difference? Mm-hmm. So there are some studies suggesting there might actually be a more sensitive period during puberty where women are more likely to experience mood side effects, for example. But also does it matter how long I take oral contraceptives? Is it one time and then the changes happen or is it really about the duration or actually is the body kind of coming back to normal the longer you take the pill because it's getting or it's adapting so Mm -hmm. those are really complex questions which need an interdisciplinary approach Mm -hmm. so from different perspectives having animal studies to really study the cellular mechanisms we cannot study in humans um, but also have imaging studies and clinical populations and studies to really understand the workings because only when we refine this knowledge we can make a step towards individualized medicine also in birth control and this I think should be the ultimate goal because then we can enable um, gynecologists to choose the right contraceptive for the women and we can inform women appropriately or like completely about possible side effects and make them more aware of what could happen or what doesn't have to happen. So women deserve this information after now more than 70 years with oral contraceptives. Um, But it's also necessary for a future development of new oral contraceptives, for instance, which are better tolerated, or also other contraceptive methods which don't necessarily rely on hormones. because. The goal should be to provide every woman and also man for for this matter. So Mm. man shouldn't be excluded here. I'm a big advocate uh, for also emancipation (laughs) and birth control for males. um, Because none of them should have to actually compromise their physical or mental health um, for controlling their fertility. Uh, So I think this is really the big next step which will take probably decades that this is where we should go and
0: um, i think this is why we really need those big data approaches and interdisciplinary approaches in the future yeah i can only agree to what you've just said um i think this is of course this this um um the next goal that we will have or something that is of course a little bit in the future but we have this goal there and the circles also bet back to what we've been saying all over it depends on the individual woman and there are differences between the women and the only way to just understand these lot of differences and also then to have this uh, personalized medicine is the big data approach where you then might find patterns um or might be able to predict um, certain types of uh, so-called types of women that respond in that or the other way to the oral contraceptives. So um, definitely something that I would very much look forward to in the future. Um I think as a last uh, question that I would have for you would be, uh, what is your wish for women and their health practitioners as well to know about the oral contraceptive use? I mean, you've also been talking about a lot what your um, big question is, and probably that also um, aligns a little bit. But if there is like one thing that you could um, advise women and their health practitioners to know about oral contraceptives. Yes, I think it's um, really just that all contraceptives are not
1: a one-fits-all drug. So um, different contraceptives, all contraceptives can work differently for different women. And it's very important to be aware of potential side effects. And um, for health practic- practitioners, it, this also means that this should be included when talking to women mm-hmm thinking of starting oral contraceptives, to inform them, to educate them. Because there are also studies suggesting that women who are informed about put, uh, possible side effects also on mental health are less likely to actually have those side effects than women who have not been informed about those. So this is also very fascinating, and um, but a very important implication for health practitioners, uh, gynecologists. And um, also one take home message I always would like to provide is that it's really about monitoring and assessment of a cost benefit ratio. So as we repeatedly said, all contraceptives have very positive side effects on pregnancy risk, but also others, but they could also have negative um, side effects. And in certain situations a woman is in, you might be very happy to take these mm negative side effects uh, because you're very much profiting from the positive but when life changes and there might be different circumstances this evaluation or the outcome of this equation might change and then they decide well now it's not worth it anymore taking them and even with the same symptoms also different women some of them are maybe happy to to encounter these side effects for the benefits they get others Mm -hmm say it's not worth it. And Mm -hmm. this can differ between women, but also within the same woman over time. And um, also it's very important to mention that everything can change over time. So it should really be a continuous monitoring of this cost benefit ratio, hopefully together with the gynecologist. And uh, so this would be my wish that there's just more awareness um, about this
0: in the future and in health education. Yeah I I think this just really summarizes um everything that you've been said before and that we've been talk to, talking about so far um so far as well um yeah, this is uh, a really, really great uh, take-home message. And I guess that with this talk, we've also um, spread some awareness now. Um, and yes, I really, really want to thank you, Dr. Anne-Christine Kimmich, for taking your time and to enlighten us about all contraceptives. Thank <laughs> and uh, thank you all for listening. And hopefully until the next time when we tune into Let's Talk About Women.